Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Man, I feel like a woman. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about uh, fitness and flexibility with baby boomers because I got to tell you Linda, when I go to pick up my kids from school, there's this 60 something uh, third grade teacher who walks like a dream. I mean, she moves fluidly. She bends down to pick something up. She's not creaky and rickety, and, you know, she's not too thin. She's not too fat. And I asked her one day what her secret is, and she's like, I do anywhere from five minutes to 50 minutes of yoga every day. And she's like, I stretch, and stretching is a big part of what she does. And I swear it's, it's doing something for her. No, well, flexibility is very important, especially as you get older, um, because you see the women that don't and the men that don't do that, and they get they get older much quicker. You know, you can see it in their, you know, the way they walk. You can see it in their, you know, even climbing steps or getting on a bus or walking down subway stairs here in New York. Um, and I don't want to be one of them. So I have probably been doing, oh, my God, for over... <laughs> I don't know, for over 20 well 25 years I have been um really working at that and I think the earlier you start the better. Well and you know it's interesting you talk about that because we have Dr. Rona Brennan with us today and um I would like her to introduce herself before we get into the conversation so people know you know who they're listening to and why they should listen to her because she has been great 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 with my kids and my life, you know, which is one of the reasons I wanted to bring her on today. So, uh, Rona, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, hi, and thanks for having me. Um, I'm a chiropractor, um, started off with that, and then I went and got a master's in nutrition because I wanted to learn more about the scientific end of why we should eat what we eat. And then I'm also a personal trainer. So um, I think it all works together. But, Linda, like you said, you know, I mean, I started – exercising, staying in fit long time ago, but it's never too late. And being a baby boomer myself, I see many of my friends and people I work with as they're aging. And like you said, Linda, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to walk stiff and lose my balance and fall and have aches and pains. I just, I just don't want to age that way. And we don't have to. Is the no. thing. Well, and once we start you know, like sitting, you know, like for me, I've been sitting for 20 years, you know, in front of a computer in the same position. Um, can we reverse what we've done to our bodies? Physically? Yeah. Like if you, 
to to an extent. Not, I mean, it just depends. I mean, that's a that's it depends on how long it's been there and how long you've been doing that. But you can at least prevent it from getting worse. Maybe you can reverse some of it. But I mean, I've trained some people. I remember training a guy who was in his seventies at the time. He could barely, he couldn't even bend over halfway to the floor. I mean, he was so stiff. And I said, if you knew that you were going to become this stiff years ago, if you did not stretch on a regular basis, would you have started stretching earlier? And I hate to say his answer was no. <laughs> but it's like, but, you know, we don't realize we don't take care of ourselves. We sit for, you can't sit in front of a computer for eight hours and, and not expect your body is going to shorten the muscles and ligaments will shorten and get stiff your joints. And think of that from a chiropractic standpoint, every nerve in your body, every organ in your body is fed from these, the, your spine, which where all the nerves come out. And when you are stiff and your spine is stiff, all those organs are also not going to function up to par. I mean, flexibility really is key. I think there's three parts. There's flexibility, there's strength, and there's balance. And you really have to work all three. Well, so I, well I'm going to add one to it because I think cardio is very important too. Oh, yeah. So, right. Exactly. No, cardio is. And, there, and we're, there's change, changing of thoughts on that. We can get into it in, a little bit later. But, yeah, cardio for sure. But strength, flexibility, and balance are so key. Look at how many people fall. Yeah. You know, because of this, yeah. Well, and not just because of the snow and ice in New York, right, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they lose their footing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think the brain, after a while, it, it, it doesn't give you an accurate picture of where you're standing or, or curbs or stuff, and you see a lot of people, you know, tripping and falling. So balance is really, really, uh, really important. So that's why I, I do it. Um, I go a couple of times a week. I work out with my trainer. I do cardio. I do strength. Uh, right now, I have started um, to do. Um, I'm working actually with a physical therapist, and I was having lunch with some women last week, and I said I have to, you know, run because I have to go to my physical therapist. And they said, "Are you all right?" I said, "Yeah, basically, I'm all right, but I want to stay that way." And he gives me insights into my body uh, that I didn't have, and I'm now doing other exercises to sort of counterbalance, if you will, uh, what my what I've been doing for the last, you know, 50 years so that I can, you know, I can't change it, but I can stop it from progressing anymore. And there, you know, it's little things like standing on your heels or, you know, just, um, you know, your whole posture, your whole, I don't know. It's, it's like amazing. <laughs> you know, the more information I hear about my body, the more I say, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, what, like what you said, something like, you know, standing on your heels. Can you share with us some of the things that the, the uh, physical therapist said, you know, could help you? Well, he just gave me, we, we just had this discussion last week, but he gave me some exercises now that I took to the gym with my trainer and we're going to, I'm going to do them at home and I'm going to start. You know, you know, it's just about, um, you know, just, it's the way you, 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 your, the way you distribute your weight. And if you're on your heels, your, your body is, is is redistributed in a different way than if you're on the balls of your feet. And when I went to him, um, I didn't have a lot of, I think, of flexibility in my upper body. because, And you don't even realize it because if you can't, because there's nothing that I couldn't do, but I was compensating uh, maybe because I didn't have um, a lot of flexibility in the upper body, I would move, but my, my hips would take over the, the job. So you don't even notice that 
you're compensating until someone points it out to you. So for the last two months, I've been doing uh, a lot of exercises, you know, to um, loosen the upper body so that uh, I could, it will do its job and not have to depend on, on the hips. So, you know, but Onia, Onia, he's really, really good. So, you know, I trust, well, first of all, you really have to trust who you're working with. And um, this guy is, is excellent. So, um, and I've noticed a difference. And so has my trainer in the way I do my exercises, because it gives you even more upper body strength. That's my story. Well, you know, I was going to say, yeah, I think that's important. When you start with a trainer or, you know, you've seen this with your physical therapist, when I would train someone, the first thing I did was an assessment. You do want to see what are we starting with and, like, what they found with you. You know, you want to see where your imbalance is. If I'm starting to train someone who sits at a desk all day and I see they have tight hip flexors from sitting and they're really tight chest muscles from leaning forward, then I want to concentrate stretching those hip flexors, those chest muscles, and strengthening the opposing muscles, you know, in the back of not just your back, but also the back part of your legs and your buttock area. So seeing, you know, if any of you guys are thinking about getting a trainer, make sure they do an assessment. Get a bottom line. What are your weaknesses? What are your, um, where are you too tight? Where are you um, too weak? And like you said, you know, if your upper body is weak, you know, you're going to compensate with other areas of your body and you want balance, really. So for those of us who sit at a desk all day and, you know, we may or may not have, you know, the money or the ability to get to a trainer, what are some alternatives that we can do? I mean, should we just go out and buy a yoga videotape and, you know, some is better than none? I mean, where do you begin if you don't have, you know, like Linda's lucky and has a, you know, physical therapist and a great trainer that she loves. If you're like me and live in the sticks, I mean, I have you, (laughs) but, but I don't, you know, there's a lot of people that listen here that won't have access to that information. So what can they do from just a, a, a personal health standpoint with their flexibility, you know, just where do we start? There is so much, you know, Sandra, online nowadays. I mean, you can go Google. I mean, there's there's yoga videos. There is strength videos. There's stretching. You can buy a book. But um, there's a lot you can do, you know, um, just with just a 5 or 10-pound weight, you know. Um, but the key is doing every part of your body. Um, even when you're sitting at your desk, moving your feet around, extending your, your legs, you know, straightening them under your desk. And doing sets of 10 um, of those, moving your feet around, pumping your leg muscles. Um, there's so much you can do. I read something the other day. It said, what happens under your desk stays under your desk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, moving around, but, you know, uh, getting up. We talked about earlier, you know, getting up and doing some standing stretches and, and moving your, your neck, your shoulders, your back, and, and taking these breaks. But resources, there's so many phone apps now, and there's so much online and videos you can get that there's, there's really so much out there that, that you can teach yourself or have these online trainers even. Well, so you know, I these videos and they're all great, but I'm a firm believer that even if you don't continue with a trainer or a physical therapist, you should go for at least a, you know two to three times just so that they can show you the right way to do exercises. Like um, I've hurt myself a lot in yoga because you know you look around the room and you see a lot of people doing things that 
my body just doesn't want to do. Uh, and there was a time when I, <laughs> I would force myself because I felt, you know, now, of course, I don't do that. But, you know, I, I, and I, I think you have to know what your body is capable of doing and not overdo it because you can really hurt yourself, especially, you know, if you're, you know, if you're older. So before you, you know, you dive in too deep, I really think you, you need to find someone that you trust. And now, you know, I go to this gym and it's a, you know, it's Equinox. It's a fairly um, popular gym, but I see a lot of the young trainers working with uh, older people. And, and I'm looking at that and I said, there's, that's not right. That you have to. Every body's different. Every age is different. You have to work with what who, who's in front of you, not just under a a boilerplate, because you can really, you know, even the trainers can hurt you. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen it, Linda. That's one of the reasons I became a trainer. I was already a chiropractor, which of course you learn how the body works and whatnot, and how to do exercises properly. But I would work out, I remember back in the day, I was working out in the gym, and I remember seeing trainers and the way they were training people. Like you said, it's like, look who you have in front of you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would be so frustrated. And so I decided to become a trainer. But I agree with you. I think at least get a, um, a baseline, get someone to show you how to properly work out because you can hurt yourself. And find a trainer, it's like finding a good dentist or a good doctor, find a good trainer because Unfortunately, to become a trainer requires only reading a book and taking a test. And some certifications are much better than others. And, you know, finding maybe which certification did they go through and, and watch how they train their, their clients and see, are, do you train mostly 20-year-olds, 40-year-olds, you know, what is their specialty? And do they have special, now they have specialized uh, certifications for older um, clients. You know, and because exactly, I've seen trainers, you know, hurt people, and then you'll stop working out. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I think and that, you know, that, that the person being trained um, has to bear some responsibility, too. And if it hurts, you've got to stop. You know, I don't care what the trainer is telling you. You know, but a lot of people, you know, they think they're just going to grit their teeth and, and, and move through it. And I'm not just talking about a burn. I'm talking about an ouch, you know. Right. <laughs> Right. That's a that's a bad thing, but I've seen people do that too. So you have to you you know you have to be very aware of your body and what's okay and what's not okay. Absolutely, no. And then the no pain, no gain thing is just kind of outdated at this point. Yeah. But right. And just like you know, if if someone comes back and says, "Wow, I was really really sore," or "My shoulder hurts now," or "My neck," you know, you have listen to that and say, "Okay, maybe we need to modify how we did that exercise." But back to, you know, like Sandra was saying about resources, you know, having a personal trainer is, you know, some people, let's say, don't want to spend the money or can't. What I would do with some people say, let me get you on a program. We will, I will train you once or twice. We'll just get you on a, let's say for a month, get on a routine, make sure you're doing it correctly, and I'll tell you what to do. And then we'll check back in a month, have another session, and yeah. we'll switch up your program. So this way you don't have, you know, twice a week, three times a week or whatever, which can get expensive. You know, we check in once a month, once every other month, change the program, make sure you're doing it correctly. And that's right. just another thing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing with my with my therapist. Um, you know, I was I started to go every week and then it was every two weeks. So now I'm going once a month just to check in and he can, uh, if I'm doing everything correctly, he can, you know, sort of up the ante and give me new stuff to work on. Right, right. That's great. Sounds really good. And, you know, I think as we get older, too, 
Um, the balance part, like I said earlier, is so important. I mean, I'm in my 50s and I'm already, you know, concerned about this. I've always done a little balance work, but I've upped it because our balance, as we age, our balance receptors or proprioceptors in our different joints in our body, they just are not as fine-tuned as they used to be. And you, and you want to maintain them. You know, you don't want to go downhill. And um, I've just done a lot. I do, you know, I practice a lot of balance exercises. And you can do it on the floor. You can do it standing. There's so many different ways. And I think that is really key because even while you're working out, like we're so set with a lot of these gyms particularly that you sit down while you're lifting a weight, let's say a shoulder press or something. Well, we're not usually sitting when we lift things in real life. You know, um, I had this client years ago. She was having problems lifting her bag, which she would fly a lot. And she had problems lifting her bag up into the overhead storage. And it, it really improved. You know, sitting down and having her lift things is not what she needs. She needs to learn to stand and lift and strengthen her whole, her core, her legs, her upper body. And it really was very helpful. And I think doing things, uh, functional exercises, we're kind of duplicating how we do things in life. Um, it's very helpful. Yeah, I'm trying to think about, like, all the lifting I do. You know, I lift bags of dog food. I lift bags of chlorine. I carry kids to bed. You know, I don't do any heavy lifting um, that, you know, I, I stack wood. I bring my wood in, you know, for my fire. And I'm thinking all the heavy stuff I do, the grocery lugging, none of that stuff is sitting down. Yeah. So you want to, you know, standing up as much as possible while you're working out, I think, for the most part. You know, it depends on what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? It duplicates how you work out, how you, I mean, how you live in life, you know? So if you're lifting your kids, you're not sitting there lift, sitting, lifting your kid. Right. No. And one of the things I noticed with my dad and, you know, it's interesting because I, I always look to my dad because he's 80 and, you know, where am I going to be, you know, in 40 years? So, um, I, you know, I look at him and I look at the changes he made by walking every day. You know, when he was sitting so much, like watching A&E and watching the History Channel, um, he would be rickety when he got up. And I think it was a combination of like poor muscle tone and he wasn't moving enough. It's like, you know, like a car, you have to start it, you know, like, you you think of those cold winters, you know, where you put your car in storage, you got to start it up every month and you got to drive it around. You know, if you don't use it, it'll all get clogged up. And I think, you know, in some respects, our body is the same way. But is my question is, how does balance relate to flexibility and strength? Because to me, it all kind of goes together. If you don't have good balance, it's probably, you know, if you're healthy and if there's not some medical reason, you know, can, can weight lifting, can walking, you know, or swimming or things like this help our balance? Well, there are specific exercises for balance. I mean, like the simple one standing on, on one foot, right? You stand on one foot. And like you're looking down, you know, trying to look down at first, but you can look ahead. You know, standing and practicing and standing up straight, don't slouch. Standing on one foot and just seeing how long you can stand. And then when you, when you can't or you lose your balance, switch legs. And just doing that, that's a simple way. But then you can up the ante, stand in a doorway, have your hands on both sides, and then close your eyes and try doing it. Because <laughs> <you> can, <laughs> I yeah. just fell over. Part, part, of, part of balance is, is vision. So when you close your eyes, now you're using more of your balance sensors more so, and you will strengthen them. Do you see? Oh, that's cool. So, and as we age, like my dad, he, I mean, he just has cataracts done, so he sees much better now. But if mm. balance has to do with your eyesight, when we get older, our eyesight goes. Oh. 
So you want to rely. So doing this with your eyes open is one way, closing it. But again, don't do this without either have someone near you <laughs> care. I almost fell over on the counter. We've got granite countertop. I have, it hit my head. have something there. But before you do that, with your eyes open even, then start moving around. Move your arms, move your legs, and see if you can maintain that balance. But that's a great way to build it up. I just recently bought one of those little mini trampolines. And now I'm bouncing on it with, I try to bounce one leg and then switch. Because, again, these are ways to do balance. There's ones you do on the ground. Because balance is one of the big reasons why we fall, you know, as we get older. Oh, Linda, you got to do this. I'm standing in my kitchen. You have to have this visual. So Rona's standing here looking all, you know, smart. And, you know, I'm in my, my leggings and my top, you know, trying to put one foot up, my hands over with my eyes closed. I'll try not to crack my head on the tile. Um, <laughs> you hear a bang, you'll know what happens. <laughs> exactly. But this is something that we don't need any weights. We don't need any money. We just need to stand somewhere. Like, so this should be an exercise maybe to do before bedtime or like after, when you get up in the morning, somewhere in your day, if you just put a minute into it. Or let's say you're on the phone talking to your friend. Get on one leg. All right, Linda, yeah. are you on one leg? Yeah, no, the, the one leg thing is very important. I've done that at the gym, and I and I noticed in my new batch of exercises from uh, the, the therapist that, you know, one leg is very important. You know, and you're usually more steady on one leg than you are on the other, so you want to get them sort of that they're equal. Right. Yeah. I, you know, well, our bodies are very are very intricate, but, you know, once you start to – but they're very um, – they're very – welcome to change. I mean, I've seen 90-year-olds that, that, you know, that um, have exercised maybe for the last 10 years, but they're, but your body responds. Totally adaptive. We were meant to move, you know, and um, the balancing, I mean, let's say, you know, you bend over to pick something up. If you have poor balance, you can fall, you know, and by the way, doing like this balance work, you probably felt the in your leg muscles. Your yeah. leg muscles are getting a workout as well. You know, and it's fun for, you know, with your kids, you can start with your Well, I can see the contest with my yeah, kids. Exactly. We're going to stand there and see who can, like, who can stand the longest on one foot. Exactly. I mean, it was a wake-up call to me because I've always been active and I, you know, I, I work out and all this. But several years ago, I was actually at a chiropractic education seminar. And I don't know why this guy did this, but at the end, he said, everyone get up. and He had us close our eyes and he wants to see who can stand on the one leg. There were probably 50 people in the room. Who can stay on the one leg the longest? And and the one the last person. Well, I'm so competitive, and I'm sitting there. And I'm, I'm getting all. I'm like, I can't believe I couldn't make it. And I'm like, I have to start working on this. You know, and I always kind of did, but not on a regular basis. You know, and things have to kind of be done pretty regularly. Well, and what you're asking us to do regularly is something that, like, you know, like I have certain routines. Like, you know, like when I brush my teeth, I always mm -hmm. check my eyebrows to make sure there's one not going where it should be. Or I look at my skin, you know, like because I, I like have this, like, 10-point checklist. I check my toenails. I check my fingernails. I check my eyebrows. I check my teeth. You know, brushing my teeth. And I check the condition of my skin. You know, I kind of go through this whole thing. Well, it's not that big a deal for me to add, you know, a balance exercise to that and attach it to my toothbrushing because I've got a brush anyway. I was just going to say, it's like we're on the same wavelength. 
I started doing that, brushing my teeth because, and on one leg, because when you're doing that, you're moving your upper body while you're balancing on your lower leg. It adds a challenge. Okay. So I started thinking, again, you want to try to find ways and time where you can interject these little exercises. I'm like, how perfect is that? You're brushing your teeth and you're doing one leg at a time. Or when I dry my hair. Because I'm so ADD, ADHD, whatever. I get, I'm drying my hair and I'm doing one one leg. Because, again, you're moving. You're doing two things at once. Yeah, but why not? All right, Linda, when are you going to stand on one leg? I know you do it at the gym, but what, I want you and Roger to have a competition this week. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, listen, like everything, you do, things, you do things in a way that you're comfortable with. If you overdo them, they become a drag and monotonous, so you stop. So you've got to, you, everybody's different, and everybody does, you have to do it your way. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, and so I'm going to do them, and and I, I, I really believe in preventive medicine in in all areas. So um, I mean, this is a necessity. This is not something that's even an option. And you know, as over fifty, it's not an option. I mean, everybody's got choices, of course. We all do, but uh, without without doing this, you you know, you're not going to. Uh, it, it, you're going to be a lot better uh, if you do them, so and a lot happier because you're going to be able to do things that other people can't do. Right. You know what, Linda? I don't know if you, you know what. What amazes me is I was just reading something recently about the uh, baby boomers. Baby boomers are actually less healthy than our parents were when they were our age. We have more chronic diseases. And, and we're not smoking as much as they did. So they're saying we are in worse health. And I'm like, wow, this should be a wake-up call to us. Well, you know, yes, and, we- but look at the kids. The kids are in worse health than, sometimes than the adults. So every generation is getting yeah. unhealthier. Is it, is it the food? It's the food. Well, I, I think it's a lot of things. Yeah, I think food is huge, but also we're not as active. You know, um, and we have more toxins in our environment. I mean, let's not even get into that, but all the chemicals and everything in, in our cleaning. And, and, I mean, it's just the wireless. I mean, it's on and on. That's another whole show. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think the food and exercise is just the stress levels. Everything's gone off, you know, the charts. But I tell people, you know, how do you see yourself as you age? You know, like where I teach, there is an 80, she's 80-something, 80 I'm not sure what, teacher. She's a full-time professor. She's in her 80s, she's completely great. She walks around like she was 50, 40. I don't know what the, her, no limps, no canes, no nothing. She's sharp as a tack. She's a full-time faculty member. And I'm like, that is how I want an age. I want to be, I hope to make the 80 and be like that. I, people, I hear people go, I don't want to live that long because, you know, you're just going to be sick. You have all these health problems. You're, and I'm like, you don't have to age that way. Yeah. And what are you, right, what are you doing today to help you know, lower your chances of becoming like that, you know, is basically, or increase your chances of being vital. Yeah, you but know, it, but it's, it's really funny that people, uh, it, like so many other things in their lives, in our lives, I mean, they don't want to take responsibility for it, and, uh, right. you know, I'll deal with it when it happens, but, you know, I, I don't have that philosophy at all. I, I really right. believe that, you know, if we take care of ourselves, it's, it's going to pay big dividends. Well, right, and we were talking about earlier that, you know, they say a good 70 to 75% of the diseases we get are preventable. Yeah. And 
Um, you know, it's mostly lifestyle. We're so brainwashed by the media and, and doctors that everything is because of age or genetics. I just want to cringe when I hear that. I have students say, oh, I got this because my, you know, I have heart disease because my parents both have this. Or I got, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Did they genetically test you? Did they run genetic tests? Because that's the only way to prove it was genetic. And even if, unfortunately, you carry the genes for certain diseases, you can turn on those genes or turn off those genes through your lifestyle. And that's a whole field of science that is, you know, totally backed by research. So prevention is the key, and um, and I think you know you can start at any age, but you gotta you gotta do something. But like you said, you know people would rather take. There was a joke one time I saw, you know when you order your hamburger and your French fries and say, would you like a statin with that? <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like no, you and know, the portions and the portions are so you know they're just ridiculous too. And people you know they they pay for it, they eat it, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, it's just. Um, you know, you is you well you, in New York. People are pretty uh, exercise conscious in the way they look. And we, we, I go to Connecticut every weekend, and I would say every third person that I see walking around is really overweight. Yeah, I think it's you know uh, where you live as well, but um, you know, but you know, and if you see fat parents, you're you're going to see a, a a fat kid, and you know that breaks my heart. Because, you know, the kid hasn't even started out and he's, he's, you know, he's got a black ball against him. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, exactly, because they inherited their lifestyles. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was just telling Rona that, you know, a full third of my kid's fifth grade class is what I, I would say is classified as obese. I mean, it's a full third, not, you know, like we were talking about, like, do you remember, Linda, when you were growing up, there was always, like, one fat kid in school? Yeah, and probably me. Huh? <laughs> I said, yes, probably me. No. Yeah. No. You know, I was always, you know, on the chubby Zostick side, and, and um, it's, it's, it's not fair to the kid. I mean, you know, because if you're not, you know, if you're even, it starts at such a young age when you start to compare yourself with other people and, uh, and, and get the names uh, thrown at you, and it, it's, there's enough things to worry about and, and enough things you have to deal with as a kid, you know, being fat shouldn't be one of them. Right. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things though, that, you know, we're so off track and, you know, and I'm a big planner, you know me, I like to have a plan. And, you know, when you and Rona were talking about, you know, like the things that you do to, you know, make sure you age, I think, you know, once we get, you know, to the landmark baby boomer age of 50, you know, at the barest minimum, you know, we should have, like, I'm thinking about like, what is my aging plan going to be? Like, you know, what are the things I'm going to commit? to that are going to make it possible for me to live the lifestyle I want and you know I'm not 25 anymore and so you know I learned from you guys and I learned a lot from Rona and changing my eating habits and changing the nutrition for me and my kids but now today I've learned like you know just like these balance exercises and how important it is for me to make my yoga class and not blow it off you know things like that that are going to make a big difference because if I'm rickety and broken down and not functioning Life's not going to be good. No, and, uh, no, absolutely not. And you know, and and you don't wait till you're fifty when you when it, when the light bulb goes on and you and you want to take care of you. You start then. You don't you don't say, well, I'll wait till I'm fifty because that's like the magic age. There's no magic age. The you, the, the the sooner you start, the better off you are. 
And then I, you know, I don't know what Rona's opinion of this, but you know, I, I am a big, uh, I, I would advise every woman in her forties to go to a doctor and have their hormone levels checked too, because that's a big part of it. Oh yeah, the hor- oh my gosh, being at, uh, in menopause, and many of my friends are as well. Um, I personally, I um, in the school of bioidentical hormones, um, but yeah, the hormonal changes. So am I. Okay, yeah. So, you know, the hormone changes are going to wreak havoc, can wreak havoc. And I right. think it's important to, you know, maybe look into that as well. I was just uh, emailing a friend back last night. You know, she's she's been in menopause a while now. And, you know, she's depressed. She's gaining weight. She's got no energy. She's this and that. And I'm like, oh, my, you know. And I suggested, you know, some working with someone knowledgeable with the bioidentical hormones. And, um, again, it's it's a fight because the medical arena and and the pharmaceutical companies they they will put out every negative thing about it but the research you know it, it's not the it's not supportive what they say by the research and um no but yeah you know, again but, you have to do your own research and then you have to see if it makes sense to you and then again you know especially with with a with a doctor find someone you trust but even uh, but even if you don't think that you're ready or you don't have any symptoms Go have it check, checked anyway so you have a baseline exactly. so that they have a baseline when you go back when you are starting to exhibit the symptoms. Right. And, and maybe, yeah, exactly. I agree. And I, I tell my students, too, even in their 20s and 30s, yep. get a yearly blood test. See where your sugar levels are. See what your cholesterol is and, and whatnot because you should be keeping track of that. That's like a kind of a window to what's going on inside your body that you may not see. Yeah. You know, but you want to wait. I, I every now and then I'll get someone to say, oh, my God, I totally changed my diet. I'm like, can I ask you what made you make the changes? And usually nine times out of ten, it's because either, either they developed some health problem, let's say diabetes, or someone close to them did. Yeah. It's like, why do we have to get sick to make the changes? You know? You but don't. We, so, Sandra, I expect you to go and get your hormone levels checked. <laughs> I am. I, you know, I learned so much on here. It's like, you know, it's like between my free therapy and my free medical advice, you know, the, <laughs> doing these radio shows have been a big part of me changing my lifestyle. But you're right, because I was thinking, like, you guys were talking about menopause, and I'm like, you know, I don't I don't think I'm starting it yet. I don't know. I don't know how you know you'll when know. you're starting. But you'll if know. You're, uh, you'll know. You're in your mid-40s, you're a perimenopausal. I mean, just physiologically, biologically, you're going to be around, in the mid-40s, you're going to start changing a little bit. But, you know, we don't just, we, everyone always thinks estrogen, progesterone, but there's adrenal hormones, there's thyroid hormones, and they all work together. You know, the weight gain has a lot to do with, you know, your adrenals, your thyroid, and the estrogen, progesterone. There's so much you know, energy levels, and um, there's a lot involved. Sleeping, the whole bit. And, 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 you know, women are such so heroic, they think they have to suffer, and you don't. I mean, if you you go in even before you start to exhibit um, symptoms and know where you stand and know that there is uh, something there for you um, even now, even if it's a a teeny-weeny little dose, it's going to make you feel better. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and they're replacing what they say, you know, physiological levels. And it's not synthetic. Bioidentical means it is their molecules are identical to what we were producing. 
the, the ones that you get from your doctor are a one size fit all type thing and everyone's different and it's not identical to how the hormones are that our bodies produce. So that's why those hormones get, you know, they, they increase your risk for a lot of different health problems. Whereas the bioidentical has not shown that. No, they're they're plant-based. Right. um, You know, and by the way, the foods that we eat are laced with hormones. You know, we, or if you're eating of animal products that are not organic, you're getting the hormones that they were fed that were fed to the animals. That's going to also wreak havoc on our our systems. You know, look at girls nowadays that are eight, nine, ten years old starting their menstrual cycles, or getting you know breasts. Whereas when I was growing up, we were like fourteen, fifteen. Oh, you could see that in the elementary school. I was horrified. There were like you know when I went on that field trip, you know, with the the the, the fifth graders, and there was always one girl you know that developed early in the classroom. You know, like yeah. she started growing boobs before everybody else in this classroom. I'm not kidding you. Probably a half to a you know third to yeah. a half were developing, and I'm like, you guys are. 10 you know we're not 13 right. 14 15 years old anymore they're getting i mean if you milk and meat and you know any dairy has all the hormones that were given to the animals plus you know the different some of the pesticides i mean there's just it, it's i'm still waiting for my breasts to develop like they have. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway but seriously though i mean it's gonna it's gonna wreak havoc because all that estrogen exposure we don't even know what's going to happen to the breast cancer rates, let's just say. You know, it's just... And it's estrogen just, is bad for men, too, because, you know, when when their testosterone levels start to get go down or they they gain a lot of weight, then they, they, it turns into estrogen, which is very bad for the guys, too, because it ends up with, you know, even more fat on their body. So, you know, men have to take care of themselves, too. And I know this, this, this show is prim, uh, primarily targeted to women, but who takes care of the men is, is the, their, you know, their, the women. So... I I think men ought to have their levels checked too because testosterone is just as important to men as estrogen is to women. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of taking care, how uh, this is another problem. You have a spouse that, that didn't take care of themselves and then you did and now they get sick and you have to take care of them. You know, I mean, it becomes a burden not just to your children but to your spouses. I don't know, I just always remember hearing my mom when I was a kid saying to her, my dad, I don't want to grow old alone. I don't, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, you know, now they've grown old together, but you know, it's, it's, it, again, it's talking about later in life. And we we're in this, I think Americans, we want everything right now. If we don't feel good right now or it doesn't make us happy right now, we're not even interested. Very much so. You know, and it's like, I, I don't know. I'm thinking i I feel good now the way I live, but I also am doing it for later. You know, I don't want to grow old and have to be on all these medications and feel horrible, you know? Yeah. So. No, you're doing yourself a favor, so you have to, you know, you have to look at it that way. And um, But, again, you've got a choice. You do or you don't. And if you don't, then you, you just live with the consequences like everything uh, else. And for some, there may not even be any consequences. You don't know, but, you know, I'd rather be on the safe side. That's true, and because I get that argument. People go, well, I have a grandfather, he's 89, he drinks every day, he smokes, he eats like rabbit, rabbit. Fine, but first of all, that's the exception, not the rule. And also, I think older generations could get away with that more so than, uh, than we can now, because we're in, a, we're in a more toxic environment, right? Everything's different now. 
But that's more the exception. Like when the, you know, like you just. Well, but I, you know, I'm going to weigh in on that one because you know I I get that a lot, and I can tell you that you know because people always say, well, you know, your kids aren't sick because they have good genes. Well, you're not sick because you're not you have good genes. You're not sick. But your dad's you know still alive and healthy because he's got good genes or whatever. But you know, living with my dad and living with you know the the age range in my house spans eight to eighty, literally. Mm-hmm. And when I look at what he does and what my sons do in comparison to when I was caring for other children last year, I had some kids sitting in my house uh, because their parents had a medical issue. It was very interesting to me. And I could see right away the lifestyle choices. You know, I would look at my kid and then this other kid and this kid was used to eating a lot of things that I would never feed my kids in a million Mm -hmm. years. So, you know, we had to have that, you know, I had that awareness. But, you know, when people look at somebody and go, well, he lived to 80 and, you know, he ate everything he wanted. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't, because that's a gross generalization. You know, when I look at my dad and I see, you know, he will get up and he'll choose to go take a few laps in the pool. You know, we have a pool, so he'll swim or, you know, he'll putter around and he likes to walk the fences and look for holes. I mean, these are things that he does. But those are little choices that don't show up in the, well, he eats and he smokes and he drinks. Well, he's also, you know, I really believe that we don't know everything everybody did in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So that's not a fair argument. Right. Well, and anyway, the science shows that the genetic component is a very small component. It's like 10%, 15, 20% tops. I mean, according to the research, depending on the disease you're talking about, 80%, 70% to 80% is due to your lifestyle choices. So the genetic thing is just got to go. Yeah. And like I said, even if you have the genetics, let's say, God forbid, you have a genetics increased risk for some, let's say, breast cancer, which is so common, you can turn off that breast cancer gene by eating certain foods that help turn it off and avoiding foods that turn it on. It's that's it. I mean, I don't want to say it's that simple, but it, 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 it really is it, that simple, but it can be done. And the research is out there and the teachings are out there, but we're not being taught that because our medical system is not for prevention. It's all about treatments, pills. And I hate to say this, but the cancer industry is a major money-making business. We're not taught prevention anywhere. You know, years ago, I was training a client. She was the president of the American Cancer Society in Orange County. And every year they have a fundraising event. And she would ask me to help work, you know, help it. And I would go. And one year I said, hey, can I have a booth? You know, I'm so innocent. I'm like, oh, can I have a booth and, and help people, like, talk about prevention? She says, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, it's, they're just, we're not taught. Look, when's the last time your doctor taught you, you know what, you can prevent Alzheimer's. You can prevent cancer. You can prevent heart disease. I can help lower your cholesterol and blood pressure through changes in your diet and lifestyle. We're not taught that because there's, I hate to say it, there's no money in that. Right, there is no money in and it. And I for sure am not putting down me- the medical model at all because we need them. I need them. But if you're looking for prevention, I would look elsewhere and we can, you know, empower ourselves by doing our own reading, whether it's listening to shows, there's so many shows on the internet, on, 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 you can Google it. There's, I mean, articles, newsletters you can get. There's so much out there. You can teach yourself is really, I mean, so, an abundance of information, but prevention is the key. And where's our healthcare system going? Who knows? You know, I don't want to be relying on it. I want to try to avoid it as much as possible. Right. Well, but I think, you know, we live in a society where, you know, everybody's an expert on something and then people don't want to be told what to do. 
Because, you know, and I see it with my friends who are experts in different fields. I've got people who are experts in the law field who don't want to be told, you know, look, you know, when's the last time you ate a tomato? You know, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. funny, but, you know, I think there's this whole thing of like, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do and you're not going to get my, you know, we take our freedom thing and we take our right to the pursuit of happiness. It should be the life and pursuit of sickness because all of these things that we're pursuing for happiness are making us sick. Uh-huh, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, well, and then people say, I don't have time. Like, I ask my students, who ate breakfast this morning? You know, good, maybe third, never, well, didn't. I'm like, how come? I didn't have time. It, you, you know, is it a, I don't know, to me, and it's easy for me to say, but to me, what I eat is a priority in my life. You know, I, you make the time, you can make the time. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. I mean, you've found time to do it. And you're one of the business people I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I double up. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like when I go, you know, wherever I go, I double up. Like if I'm going into town, you know, I will go to the gym. I will, you know, get my grocery shopping done. I will do these things. But you're right. Your lifestyle has to be your priority. And that's, I think, what we're talking about when your lifestyle isn't your priority and your priority is new clothes or a fancy car or, you know, looking like the king or queen on your social network you know these are the things that I see my friends and peers are are making priorities you can make your kids a priority to your own health detriment and when you do that you know when your lifestyle isn't your priority you're going so fast and this is Linda and I've had many conversations about this on the air because I'm somebody that really needs to slow down uh, if we're living our life so fast we're just going to get to the wrong place faster we're not going to win you know and, and lifestyle is not about winning. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, and your your um, health is is the real prize. You know, feeling good is the real prize. And, you know, I think it's interesting for those uh, of you who are just joining our show or picking this up, um, we do have a summer health series going on where we are talking about uh, fitness. We're talking about nutrition. We had Polly Monson, um, a New York City-based uh, uh, trainer, talking about what she's doing in Central Park, Central Sweat. And she says she wants everybody to come down down to Central Park, pay five bucks and do the workout. You know, we can afford five dollars for a fancy coffee, but we can't afford five dollars for a workout. I mean, our value systems here are they're off, Rona. It's so off. I've seen this with my students. I mean, they're sitting there with the you know two hundred dollar purses and this fancy cell phone, this, and they're telling me it's too expensive to buy fruit and vegetables. You know, and I'm like, you know, and they have the new cars and this and that. And I'm sitting there thinking it is a priority choice. It's a choice. It is absolutely a priority choice. I mean, I look at it even in myself, you know, like yesterday we went out to dinner with my friend Erin. She's going to Thailand. So we thought it would be fun to go to the Thai restaurant, you know, and, and have food. But my bill was $48. And I that was for, you know, three vegetable dishes and two chicken dishes, you know, so we ate very healthy. Mm -hmm. But that was like my food budget for the week. week. Yeah. And, you know, when you make these choices and you start eating in season like that's the other thing I mean I know for a while there last year my girlfriends and I were doing these shakes and it was hard to find blueberries raspberries you know in January mm -hmm. and so you know it's like if you eat seasonally right do you know what I mean? It's like, you, right. but you've got to make some changes. And I think we as a society don't want to make changes. We don't want to be told what to do. That's why you can't sell prevention. Mm -hmm. And 
like anything, these are just thoughts. These are thoughts we've accepted as truths, mm -hmm. and we need to change our thinking. So if we're going to have an aging plan, which is what I took away from today's show, like I need to have an aging plan. I need to, to, to think about what am I going to do today so that I can have the best possible rest of my life. You know, whether it's 20 years, 10 years, or 40 years, if I do these things, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel stronger. I'm going to feel more vibrant. Mm -hmm. So you can't really lose. But you, it starts with the thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I say, I tell people, when you eat something, when you just sit down and eat something, think about, is it adding to your health, what you're about to eat, or is it taking it away? And again, we don't have to be perfect. We've talked about this. You don't have to eat. I certainly don't eat perfect 100% of the time. But if you eat well 80% of the time, you're doing great. But, you know, again, you know, sometimes I like, you know, I, I, I eat a huge salad for lunch and dinner. I want a little something to spice it up a little bit. I went to Trader Joe's, and they have those um, potato chips with olive oil, which is a healthier oil to cook with than, let's say, vegetable oil. I'm like, okay, this is not great, but it's not terrible. And I just take a little small handful, and I put it next to my plate. It's my treat. You know, so I'm not a saint. You don't have to be a saint, but... Is what you're eating in the most part, look at your plate. And now, again, by the way, not that I go by the government standards because I don't, but the latest, you used to be, remember the food oh, yeah, the pyramid? Uh -huh. The pyramid's gone. Now they have the My Plate. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the My Plate. The My Plate is better. I like it. Half the plate is a fruit and or vegetable, plant-based. So every, you know, I tell people, look at your plate. Every meal, even breakfast, is look at it. Is half of it a fruit and or a vegetable? And that one little slice of tomato on your burger, mm -mm. yeah, it doesn't have it. It's half your plate. If you're having a bowl of cereal in the morning, if that's your choice, half that bowl should be cut up fruit then, you know, or nuts. Put some nuts in there and whatnot. Every meal, look at it. It should at least be half fruits and vegetables because that's where you're going to get the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the disease-fighting nutrients, you know, even your snacks. What is your snack? You know, every choice, you know, you, you want to think about it. I mean, we think about brushing our teeth. You can't expect to never take care of your teeth and have healthy teeth as you age. Right, right. What about our body? Well, and the same thing, like, you know, you mentioned treats, you know, and this is one thing that, you know, again, it becomes a habit, and it's kind of our indulgent lifestyle here in the United States that I see contributing to this problem. Like, you know, when we were growing up, Rona, I remember we were allowed to have soda on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. We were allowed to have one glass, and it was like a juice glass, like yeah. a little, little, like, Fred and Barney, um, you know, like a Knott's Berry Farm juice cup. You know, it was maybe four ounces yeah. of soda. That was right. what we were allowed and, you know, and we, we had pizza. That was our big treat. You know, we were allowed right. to have pizza. But everything else, you know, my mom cooked or we grew. or mm -hmm. um, and, and potato chips were such a big deal for us because they were summertime. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know, when we were at the beach or at the lake, we would get a bag of chips. And, oh, my God, wasn't that fun. Mm -hmm. Well, now what I see in even the prepared lunches at school or the, the kids' peer groups, when they bring, you know, everybody's got those snack containers like you go to Costco or Sam's and there's aisles and aisles of snacks these yeah. are things that when we grew up or our parents grew up these were truly snacks and where is it written that every meal needs a snack and every meal needs a dessert because that's what I'm seeing going into our kids and I've picked up that habit because I think it started with my generation you know I was raised mm -hmm. in the 70s and 80s so I think that 
you know, this high idea that we must have dessert after every meal, and then yeah. lunch has a snack, right. and snack is not an apple, snack is not cut up pear, you know, like my kids get that stuff, and people are like, oh my god, you know, you're, you don't let your kids have anything, and it's like, it's not that I don't let them have anything, but a snack, or you use the word treat, mm-hmm. a treat is a treat, and right. a treat does not mean, you do not get a treat every day. No one gets a treat every day. It's like, yeah. you know, when they give every kid a ribbon, and, you know, the first place means the same as ninth place, yeah. something is really wrong here, and it's all about, you know, and I'm going to say this because we've got about five minutes left in the show, it's all about saying no. We live in a culture that does not want to say no. Now, I have learned through Linda, and I've learned through therapy and learned through my radio shows, no is not a bad word. Mm-hmm. No, you've had enough. Mm-hmm. So many parents are af- afraid to tell their kids, and they've got ginormous kids. No, you've had enough food for today. Right. You know, I look at how many calories my kids take in. I kind of keep a running tab of what they've right. eaten all day. And if they're hungry, they can have an apple, they can have a banana, they can have, you know, a bagel with cream cheese, you know, mm-hmm. things like that that they can have. But no, you are not sitting down and tucking into a giant bowl of ice cream. We had ice cream two days ago. You know, these daily habits right. come back to, I believe, all about we're not going to deny ourselves anymore. We live in abundance, and so we're stuffing ourselves to death. Oh, I agree. Well, growing up, we didn't even have ice cream in the house. There was an ice cream place that I still remember the name of it in New York, and we would go to once in a blue moon, and it was this humongous treat. And we all packed into the car, and we drove there and had ice cream. It was a, it was a treat. Right. We did Carvel at the end of our lake. Oh, it was yeah. a 10-minute drive, yeah. a 15-minute drive to go to the head of our lake, and there was a Carvel, and, you know, you only had vanilla or chocolate. Yeah. Maybe you got sprinkles. Like, that was a bummer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Carvel. We had too sweet. I mean, that's it. You know, it's, it's, that's just it. And it starts with the kids. Like, you're a phenomenal model for your kids because they're watching you, what you're eating. Yeah. You know, and what what are you modeling? Like my parents modeled for me. I mean, we it ha- you can't expect your kids not to eat junk when you're eating junk. Right. You know, and um. Well, and that's the thing. Like when I talk to these moms, and I know we only have a couple minutes left, but they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to cut up those vegetables all week. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that." And I'm like. Why wouldn't you do it for you? Like for starters, it's like you, you know, every mom's biggest fear, I will tell you, is dying and leaving her children behind. Like, that's the thing. Like, I want my kids to know me. I want my kids to love me. I want my kids to, you know, I want to be around for my kids. So at the very least, when you think about, like, changing your nutrition in your household and putting all this garbage in yourself or in your kids, Mm -hmm. you know, at some point you just go, if you want to be around for your kids, then do everything you can to be around for your kids. And instead of eating their garbage food, how about this? Don't buy it for anybody. Don't have it in the house. Right. Make a snack a snack. You know, it's like when I got that bag of potato chips and I made some French onion dip, which was, you know, that thing that we grew up as on kids, you know. And my kids go bananas. They're so excited because a treat is now a treat. Right. You know, and Christmas presents and Hanukkah presents are bought. At Christmas and Hanukkah, and birthday presents are bought at birthday time. We don't buy video games throughout the year. We don't buy ice cream right. throughout the year. Because if you do, what is left for us for a treat? And see, and that's just it. We, we, we're, we're constantly bombarded with all these things, whether it's food or, like you said, gifts and toys and this and that. Nothing feels satisfying anymore. It can't be, because a yeah. gift isn't a gift. A treat's right. not a treat. 
Yeah, it's just it's lost its power. I agree with you on that. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, because it's just not, you know, it's just not working. Our whole society as a whole is not working. We've got fat kids, we've got sick kids, we've got fat adults, we've got a healthcare crisis largely due to our lifestyle. And I know our government isn't helping and, you know, we need to have big changes. But you know what? If everybody could just, you know, put the hamburger down for one day, put the bag of chips down, you know, pick up an apple, you know, as hokey dokey as it sounds, people where I come from Rona it's not uncommon when you read the obituaries you know and I live in the country you know granted and and you know people eat a lot of their own food and they eat mm -hmm. local produce 97 years old 96 mm -hmm. years old 89 years old and yeah is it stupid and we live on a lake and people you know walk around and say hello and there's fireworks on fourth of July and it's hokey dokey but the fact the matter is is we're out living mm -hmm. by decades right you're enjoying life yeah we get once we get once and again I just think you know I put it out there how do you want to age how old do you want to be do you want to grow old and grow old in, in health you know and like you said be around for your kids and grandkids and whatnot that that's you know we got to think about that right we got to have a plan we got to so, think down the line that's right. So this is Sandra Beck, and uh, for Linda Franklin and uh, Rona Brynan, I want to thank you for being with us today. If you take nothing away from today's show, I want you to think about how do you want to age? You know, we talk a lot about how do we want to show up every day when life hands us challenges. We can get up every day and we can face them. We can get up and feel sorry for ourselves. But I'm going to ask you to think about today, insofar as our Summer Powered Up series, is how do you want to age? What does aging look like to you and if aging is frightening and scary and filled with disease and sickness well then maybe you could make some changes today to give yourself the best possible chance of not being that we all have to age we're all going to exit this planet someday how you do it in most cases is largely up to you for Sandra Beck Linda Franklin and Rona Bryan this is Powered Up Talk Radio we'll see you next week We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent career, is the brains behind the real cougar woman. She shares her wisdom, grace, and laugh-out-loud opinions based on her stellar successes, both in the financial world and in her personal life. Check out our website, poweredupwithbeckandfranklin.com, and join us next week for another great conversation. We're here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on toginet.com. <laughs>